Hey, everybody, Jason Franklin back here again with uh, producer Jack. Jack, how you doing today? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. This has been an interview that I've been looking forward to for quite a while now. Excellent. Yeah, you spearheaded this one. So I know he came, he's like, hey, let's get Tony on the podcast. I was like, I'm pretty sure Tony's pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, but, but I just reached out uh, over on Workplace, and I honestly didn't really expect a response back because I was like, I mean, come on, he's you know he's pretty bit busy, but I think I got a response back in under 30 minutes. It was really cool. I knew it was same day. Well, hey, anybody, everybody here, uh, Expedition U, you know, what we talk about every week is where you're coming from, where you're going, but most important to us is the journey along the way. We want to hear about who's invested in you and more importantly, who you're investing in to pay that forward. You know, we like to talk about what the journey's been, what's your moonshot and where you're headed. So let's get started. We got Tony King with us today. Tony is the managing broker for EXP Realty in the state of Texas. Uh, he's on every contract that we write because we are with EXP. Uh, so we have uh, finally get to put a face and a personality and a voice with a name that is uh, running through the halls of our office each and every day. So we're excited about this conversation. Tony, how you doing? I am outstanding. Uh, first and foremost, it's an honor uh, to be on the call with you all. Thanks for reaching out to me. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad that I did respond uh, so quickly. That's not a promise, though, always. So I, I get back as <laughs> soon as I can, uh, as much as I can. Right. And that way that that buys me some 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 goodwill in case it takes a while to get back next time. So uh, I, I appreciate that. But um, anytime an agent reaches out, I do my absolute best to to uh, get back as soon as possible. So it's an honor um, to to be on y'all's podcast today. So Tony, let me let me jump in because I kind of like to go forwards before I go backwards. So how long have you been in real estate and kind of where did you start and how did you end up uh, where you are now? Yeah, so I've uh, been in real estate for, you know, the better part of 20 years, I guess 17 plus to be specific, I stopped counting. They all start to kind of blend together after after so many so long and so many deals, but um, kind of an interesting story. So um, how I got in into real estate to begin with, um, I had the incredible honor of serving um, in the United States Marine Corps, and uh, had the wow. unfortunate occurrence though. Uh, yeah, and while I was in Iraq, um, in Fallujah, got hit by a roadside bomb. Um, I was actually on path to become a, a a pilot, and that was kind of the reason why I signed up to begin with. And um, for some reason, they don't let you fly airplanes once you uh, have have uh, had brain damage. So yeah, go figure. They don't let you fly these billion dollar jets with brain damage. But um, so I hit by an IED, um, very, you know, rough experience, got a purple heart, you know, for, for that. Um, but again, it was on my way out the door. So it's like, here you go. And here you go. <laughs> so so uh, long story short, you know, while I was in recovery, had to learn how to walk again, talk again, do that whole thing. And, um, you know, it, it's a lot like that Forrest Gump. You know, if, if you watch Forrest Gump and you see him um, eating ice cream and, you know, and all of a sudden he becomes a ping pong champion just because he's so freaking bored with nothing else to do. And that's kind of like like my story. So, you know, I was in the in the uh, sick bay and, and trying to, you know, do through my recovery and stuff like that. And um, I picked up a book. Once I watched every single movie in the place like 10 times. Um, I was not really a reader. So um, what I decided to do when, when I got too bored was pick up a book. And I looked over on the little bookshelf. There's only two books over there. Uh, one was the Bible. Um, and I was like, I was pretty good with that. You know, I've, I've you know, always been a man of faith, so I was good with the Bible reading. Uh, but there was another book kind of beaten up over in the corner. And um, uh, didn't have a cover on it. Didn't have like, a, I think it was missing like half the first chapter. It was like ripped up. So I grabbed it. I was like, nothing else to do. So let me start thumbing through, picking through this book. 
Um, the book was actually about a Marine Corps pilot, helicopter pilot, right? So speaking to me, it's like, hey, you know, this is a cool thing. Um, and then as I get halfway through the book or, you know, into the first chapter, I realize it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, by Robert Kiyosaki. Not sure if y'all have read that. You're not in your head, so you've read it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That that was kind of the catalyst for me. And, and at that point, I got bit by the real estate book. So I uh, got back from my deployment, spent my deployment money on my first two investment properties. And that's how I get, began my career, right, was really just as an investor, uh, flipping, doing wholesale deals, doing uh, uh, lease options, subject to creative financing, all that kind of you know fun stuff that they talk about uh, in terms of real estate investing. And that's how I got started. Um, and then from there, I got my real estate license. Ultimately, it was to save me money on on uh, you know these investment properties. That's why I got my license to begin with. I've heard and, that so um, many times. So that's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So um, did it just for myself. But then ultimately, I realized I, I get friends and family asking me, hey, Tony, if you help us negotiate this deal. Hey, Tony, how much you think of my house could sell for? Hey, Tony, right. And just having those conversations. And I was like, man, if I had used my real estate license, I could help out friends and family and maybe pick up a paycheck on the side. So started doing that for a while and uh, quickly uh, became one of the, the top producing agent um, on at that small boutique brokerage that I was at at the time. And then I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm making quite a bit of money on on this without having to risk all of the uh, risk all my capital <laughs> on on these flips and on these you know investment properties. And uh, not to mention, I don't have to worry about hard money lenders coming to knock out my kneecaps and all that stuff. So, um, hey, wh why not give this this real estate agency thing a shot? So that's why I started. You know, I said, hey, I'm going to take this thing seriously. Joined a franchise uh, brokerage for a while and quickly became one of the top uh, agents at that brokerage as well. And then uh, went to a third brokerage. They they came and said, hey, you know, we want you to be our listing agent. I served as a listing agent at that brokerage for a, a number of years, became the number one agent at that whole company. And uh, they said, hey, we got to get this guy a team. So, you know, I started a team there, grew that team from six agents to 16 uh, in a period of about six months and had one of the top producing teams. So then they said, hey, let this guy run the brokerage. So I, I was the designated broker at that firm for about two, three years, something to, to that effect. And that's when I heard about a little company called EXP. And uh, I was like, are you kidding what me? Year was that? <laughs> so, so that was two thousand. That was two, just over a year now. So November of twenty one is when uh, right. someone approached me about EXP. Oh wow! And okay. uh, yeah, the the rest the rest, as they say, is is history, right? When when once you see it, you can't unsee it. Um, so when I found out what EXP was all about, I was like, oh, my God, like, how, how have I not heard of this? Uh, where were you five years ago? Uh, my, my only regret is I didn't hear about it sooner. So I um, got here as quick as I could. And and uh, uh, when I came here, we had about just over 6000 agents, I think, when I got here. Uh, and now we're we're barreling towards uh, 10,000 agents now, um, just, you know, a year and a half later. So incredible, incredible journey. Well, hey, Tony, first of all, let me go back to the beginning. And I don't say this lightly. I really, truly appreciate your service in the Marine Corps. Uh, you know, I was actually raised by a Marine helicopter pilot. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Look yeah, at that. Full he, circle. Uh, Here we are. He flew, he flew Chinooks and the whole thing. And he has another one of those interesting stories. They pulled his number for Vietnam and he was paying to take flying lessons. And then they're like, hey, not only will we pay you, we'll also teach you to fly. He's like, man, I'm walking everywhere and sold my car to learn this. And you're going to pay me and teach me. So I'm in. You know, and he did there the Marine Corps, Marine Corps for a number of years and went commercial airlines and the whole thing. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I grew up a uh, the son of a Marine, so I have much, much respect. If he was in Vietnam, he might have been flying with Robert Kiyosaki. Who knows? Maybe they were in the same unit. Who knows? All right. So you know what the, the crazy thing is? And, you know, and this is 
you know, you talk about the story. I mean, and there's there's some pain points in your story that most people will never really fully grasp and understand. But then at the same time, I think you seem very, very positive and very upbeat. So, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you is there is there a piece of you that kind of goes, hey, that's that was not fun and that was harder than anything I I could have possibly imagined. But I'm also it was it was a catalyst to where Absolutely. you ended up in the half the life that you have today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And certainly and up until that of, point, it was, it was difficult. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and he, my dad was the same way. I mean, so the whole thing was because he went to flight school and because they drafted him by the time he got through OCS and got through flight school and got through everything, they had stopped sending people. Wow. And so because of that, he ended up not going to Vietnam, which is just a really awesome set of circumstances. But anyways, I digress. Something, uh, there's a ton to unpack in yeah. what you just said. First of all, you talk really fast and I love it because I talk way too much and way too fast. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Got to get it all in. We get a lot more content this way. Um, But just one of the things that I keyed off immediately was kind of an inverse. So like you started as an investor and then went full retail and went into the brand, whereas most people come in as an agent and build their way up and then become an investor. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more that go that direction. And you kind of you did it 180 out of that. So obviously you're somewhat of a an appropriate risk taker, I would say. That's I mean, fair. Because <laughs> not for, I would say maybe you're not risk adverse. Right. I mean, so because sure. jumping in and coming in with your deployment money and immediately walking out and hey, I'm going to go buy some investment properties. That's that's not the normal course of action. That's correct. So, you know, uh, all of my my buddies in the Marine Corps, they came back and they got Mustangs and, you know, they, they all wanted to buy. It's either a truck or some kind of, you know, uh, muscle car. Um, that's what they all did. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm gonna get this this duplex over here, guys. Um, and that was, that was kind of uh, a different, different, different path. Right. So, is you know, your your brain's like underwear. Right. Once once you stretch it out, it never goes back to the same size. So um, that was that was kind of where I was at. My, my, my head was in a different space. You know what? I think that we just found the title. I, yeah, here. <laughs> your brain's like underwear. I was going to say, I, your brain's like underwear. If it was anyone other than Tony, I'm not going to put our broker on blast and put a podcast title, Your Brain's Like Underwear. We'll find something Hey, nice. do it. Listen, I know we're being recorded. I'm All good. Right. I'm good. Use it. <laughs> then I might just use that. Yeah, that I'm, I'm people good. will listen to that title. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. Um. So, hey, EXP, I mean, and I love talking about EXP, but we also want to keep it broad enough that everyone that's listening talks about, you know, is, is going to get value out of it. So you you did some investments and you you did well on some. What were some pain points early on in your investment life? Uh, you know, when you got back, you know, maybe your first one was awesome. Like me personally, the worst thing that could have happened to me happened when I did my first investment. And that was that it went really, really well. Like it was. Perfect. Yeah, it's dangerous, right? Yeah, it, it was so dangerous because it was like everything hit exactly like it was. I had an awesome contract or I made 70 grand. It sold right away. And I'm like, I got this. And then I yep. and then I I crapped the bed on the second one, you know, yep. because you think, you know, it all right. You, you think, you know, well, it. yeah, yeah. I mean, so were there some pain points in that investment side, you know, before you really got deeper into the retail side? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, at the, the first properties I purchased, they were um, properties that I can, I, I like. I put it like this, right? Um, I purchased two properties, two duplexes um, with my deployment money. 
uh, as a sergeant in the Marine Corps. So I'm not sure if you know what we're talking about, but we're, we're not talking about grand escapes here. Right? We're talking about, um, you know, they were they were what many people would consider slums. <laughs> so um, I, I learned a lot, you know, when I purchased them and, and I bought them at an auction um, and uh, I probably paid too much for them. But, you know, I was looking at the cash flow and, and that sort of thing. Um, so I sure. purchased them, uh, but sight unseen. Uh, well, one of them, you know, what one was sight unseen. And uh, they were a package. And, you know, after I purchased, of course, uh, I got an opportunity to see what was inside the one that um, for some strange reason, they weren't able to open up, you know, at the, the day of the, uh, <laughs> the day of the tour. Yeah, stra- strange, strangely enough, you know, you weren't able to get into yeah. that one. Um, they didn't have the key or someone lost it. So when I opened it up, I, I, I quickly realized why you don't buy investment property sight unseen. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, essentially the whole place needed to be gutted. Um, and I was I, I spent my entire load on on purchasing them. So I had nothing to, to do. So um, but it encouraged me to grow. Um, encouraged me to cr- come up with creative financing. I actually had one of the tenants that was a handyman. Um, I said, hey, you know, I'll cut your break on the rent if you can fix this other unit up. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it encouraged that entrepreneurial uh, spirit. And uh, yeah, I, I think that ultimately uh, there's no losses, just lessons, right? And, and you know, if you take a lesson away from it, I think that uh, you're in a pretty good place, so. Well, yeah, I mean, I think what you're talking about there at least is growth from adversity, right? I mean, you know, I've, That's I've right. always said, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't learn from winning you get an ice cream cone, right? You know, but when you lose, you go home and you lament over it. And at least if you're ever going to get better, you do, right? You know, you, right. you don't yep. learn from hitting a home run. You learn from striking out four times, you know? Yep. So once you've done some investment properties and you kind of started, you know, your friends are hitting you up and they're wanting to, uh, you know, hey, can you help me here and help me there? And you make the transition. I mean, it sounds like your, your, tra- your trajectory into the retail side of things ramped up pretty quickly. Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I I got my license as I said. You know, and ultimately I just sold the sold the properties that I had. And um, you know, one of the things that my wife said very early on, as I'm just helping out friends and family, um, she said, "Hey, you know, you you like marketing and and that kind of thing, um, and you got this real estate license. Why don't you just send out like some farming, right? Why don't you send out a, a marketing piece?" And uh, I said, hey, you know, why not? Um, so I put this little marketing piece together. I printed it up um, and I picked the, picked the neighborhood, picked the community, sent this um, first. I think I sent out 50 letters um, for the first one that I've stuffed myself and, you know, sent them all out and um, got my first listing from that first mailing, $750,000 listing. And I ended up on both sides of it. Right. So, um, Yeah. Yeah, and that was back when 750 was was some money, right? We're not talking about t- today today's house prices. So that was some money back then, and um, got six percent on that. And uh, I was like, yeah, um, compare this yeah, like- to what I'm making on a flip, yeah, right? And I was like, yeah, uh, yes, please. So I was like, I'm I'm two feet into this to this agency thing, um, without having to take any other risk at all, you know. And so that's that's kind of what 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 led to that. So I'm going to give us a segue into some questions that I'm sure Jack's going to want to jump on. So, okay, you got that first listing and you're doing mailers, you're doing door to door, you're handing them out. And I mean, anyone that has started in real estate, that's really, really, really dug into it. I mean, there are some people that come onto teams and they're fortunate, but if you're a solo agent, I think we've all had that, you know, you're sitting at home with the printer and you're printing up your letters and you're folding them yourself and you're putting the stamps on, or you're going out and handing them out and the whole thing. So fast forward 20 years or 15 years, whatever that is, technology now. How important is technology in your business today versus what it was when you started? 
So I've always been, you know, a tech guy. Um, so, you know, from the very beginning, you know, I've always been been really into the softwares that I can use and different ways to leverage tech. I think, and again, this was way back in maybe 2008-ish or something. Um, and, you know, it was a completely different, you know, internet at, at that point, but I was still using um, basic marketing principles and those things haven't changed. This technology's really changed how you're able to implement some of it, right? So, you know, squeeze pages and, and funnels and click funnels and those kind of things um, I was using back then. And, you know, farming, and it's a combination of uh, offline and online marketing, I think is is what I did then. Um, and that's, you know, really what my team still does today. And that's what we encourage agents to do, um, you know, that, that are struggling or looking to take it to that next level. Uh, really what you need to do is offline and online marketing, utilizing technology, but not forgetting about the personality that goes, that's uh, so integral. That, that's what this business is built on, right? Combination of both. No, absolutely. So as being a, being a tech guy and like going from mailers to where we are with technology now, what's your take on chat GPT? I'm just curious. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it is going to be another one of those tools that, um, agents I think are going to be able to take an incredible advantage of. Um, I think it's a huge disruptor on a lot of different fronts, but I guess we can stay focused to, to the real estate piece. Um, I think that it makes writing sales letters, writing marketing, Google ads, uh, Facebook ads, all that kind of stuff just became, you know, immensely easy. So uh, the question then is, what does that mean when everyone starts to, to use it? So um, there's always going to be an opportunity and always going to be a challenge in standing out from the crowd. So once everyone's using chat GDP to write their ads, um, you need to, again, fall back on basic marketing principles in terms of how do you stand out when everyone's getting uh, AI to write them a, uh, a sales letter or a script or a uh, an ad. You think that's where that uh, that personal touch that you were speaking on really comes in? Absolutely. Play? It absolutely ever. does. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think English teachers are in trouble. Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Write me a paper on great expectations. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Authentic, right? It's, it's got to, you got to <laughs> qualify that, right? You got to tell that you want it to be something new. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't envy teachers right now. Um, I don't envy uh, you know, a, a lot of folks as well, you know, with job interviews and resumes, you know, and, and things like that. It's like, hey, you know, if you supply this as the job description and say, hey, write me a uh, a resume based on this job description and it spits this thing out, you know, I, I don't envy that either. So, um, yeah, it's, it's you still got to know how to ace an interview. You still got to know how that, to ex ace that Exactly. That's exactly right. It always comes down to the people, right? So as marketing becomes easier, salesmanship sometimes becomes harder and that, and that makes you um, a, a better professional, right? When you, there's two pieces, right? You have the marketing and then you have the sales. Sales is always personality. It's always that personal connection. Marketing, you know, AI can do marketing for us now. Hooray. Uh, but you still got to close the deal. You know, it's yeah. funny, literally maybe 10 minutes before you and I jumped on uh, with Jack, we were, uh, had one of our brand new agents, uh, Josh came in. It, this, this is his second time in the office, just got onboarded, uh, super pumped. Uh, he's got a background. His his dad's like really heavy into professional videography, and he's got Insta. He's got YouTube. We're like, this is awesome. And I, I asked him, I said, what do you think the number one thing is that's going to get you your listings? And he's like, competency. I was like, that's like number four. Yeah. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, competency is your clothes, mm -hmm. right? But it's it's your videos. It's your reels. It's your everything else. And then when they finally get that cognitive first meeting, Yes, you need competency, 
but that is that's the close not not the marketing not the sale you know because i mean you've all seen the people like i mean if you're scrolling your phone and you're looking at real estate vines and or reels and stuff and it's if somebody's getting on there you know hey we're at 7.25 percent interest rate and three and nobody's watching that you know they're watching video tours they're watching loud and fast and exciting and fun because it's entertainment today which is so weird that our marketing has really had to reach a level that people they use it as entertainment mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and they're creating yeah. followings and everything else. Now you still need competency, obviously, because yeah. that's where we that's make what makes us the professional. But that's that's what I'm using when I get in front of them eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think about that? I mean, because there's a lot of people today that have got really, really good pages, but I've done deals with and I can't get them to sign a disclosure, you know, and then you've got a lot of people that are really great agents that are losing a lot of market share because they're still doing it in that 1999 capacity. They're not. They're not paying attention to trends and updated marketing. Sure, absolutely, and I think that there's really five uh, pillars, right? And when when I'm coaching an agent, you know, and talk about the, these five things that they really need to master in order to have a successful real estate career, and that doesn't change. Some of it does become easier again with Chat GDP and, and some of these AI systems that are coming into coming online. Um, even some of the deep deep fake stuff, I think, is cool. But ultimately, you've got um, your your marketing, right? And that's kind of where things are starting. Um, and then you have the sales, right, which is closing the sale. Uh, and then you have your service delivery, which I think is what you're talking about, Jason, which is, hey, pre- presenting myself to be that consummate professional delivering what I said that I could do in that marketing and in that sale when I convince you to do business with me. Now I have to perform and actually do that thing. And then there's the referral piece, right? Um, and and that repeat referral business, building that sphere and staying connected with those individuals. That's number four. And then five is is the model, right? And and maybe it starts with that model. That's the foundation. What are you, um, what, how, how many engines are on your boat, right? So to speak, right? And what what type of boat is it? So I think that those are really the the five avenues that I have folks look at when they're uh, evaluating their real estate businesses. And really, only one of them is able to be conquered at this point by AI. Uh, all the rest of them, the the sales piece, um, you know, the service piece, certainly um, that personal relationship in terms of the um, getting referrals and and connections um, and, and repeat business. AI is not going to be able to do that for you either. And then choosing the right model to build your real estate business on. Um, again, that's not going to be something that an AI can do. Um, that's going to be more personally uh, related and getting somewhere where, where you fit in. And that um, is structured to help you get from where you are to where you want to be in your real estate career. You know, it's funny is I almost use, and not really to the full extent. So like in when I first came on and got my license, everybody's like, don't go to Remax. Right. And this is nothing. I, and I went to Remax and I went to Remax for the very reason that they told me not to. You know, so I started 2014 and it was like Remax is where all the sharks are. They don't have any service. They don't they don't know how to use a new agent. You know, it's like they're throwing you in the deep end. And I was like, OK, well, that's where I thrive. I want to be around. I want to be in that room with the bigger producers with the whole thing. And so I went at, at that time I could buy my split. Right. And so I bought a 95.5. It was 500 bucks a month. I got an office. I got the whole thing. So I'm a thousand dollars a month deep and I hadn't sold a house yet. You know, and so. Sounds very familiar, my friend. (laughs) But I was very fortunate in the fact that I came in late. I tell everyone that my midlife crisis was going into real estate. I came in at 40, you know, but at the same time, I had 25 years of sales experience, you know, so I was just going to go sell a different widget you know, and learn this industry, but I already knew how to sell, you know, so 
when you talk about finding the right model, that's so important. And in our office, we we definitely talk about the model, but we kind of break it down into some subsections. And one of the most important those to me is culture, right? That's you know, big. And liking, it is. liking the people and liking the office and not even just that, but liking the people outside your office with the higher ups, you know, us dealing with, with you or us dealing with, you know, Sky Slope or us dealing with all the way up the food chain because it all rolls downhill. You know, and so yeah. what I what I love is that there's more and more. And I think honestly, EXP, you know, and I'll I'll throw out a commercial for them, is because EXP has led the charge of creating a brokerage of a new generation. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, 43% of all buyers are under the age of 40. Right. And they don't, they've never lived without the internet. The last time they saw 7% interest rates, they were in junior high. I mean, you know, prices have gone up drastically. I mean, and so there's a huge, and the thing is, is that metric of people below 40 is never really going to change a lot, but those people that are under 40 now are going to be 45, then they're going to be 50. And this whole swell of new technology buyers is coming up. And that's what I love about where we're at is we're perfectly positioned. And I mean, to be able to see that going forward, I think is incredibly important. And I think we're going to see more and more models you know, looking at a very similar, I think, look in the mirror and go, that looks really familiar, but it doesn't have our name on it. (laughs) Yeah, yep. Copycats abound, right? Highest form of admiration, they say, allegedly. That's flattery. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Now, you were talking about coaching agents, uh, and this kind of falls in the same vein. If we could turn back time, say you just finished the last page of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, what would you tell yourself to cut in half the time that you've spent to get to where you are right now? Oh, goodness. Um, I'd say don't overthink, just do, right? Um, execute, right? I, I spend a lot of time, I think, um, uh, I'm, I'm analytical, I think, but by nature and, and like game theory and trying to figure out, okay, if I do this, what's the next thing that's going to happen after that? Then what happens after that? Okay, I need contingency in case this happens and I need contingency in case that happens. And then now we plan for this. Now we got to plan for both of those. Um, so, and, and I did a lot of that, I think, at the beginning. And then, you know, it's, it's a good thing in some regards because I end up with this thing I can really be proud of or this plan. Um, and then execution is is no issue at that point. But um, what, what I don't calculate sometimes. I think it's Alex Hermosi, um, guy that, you know, if you're not on his podcast, you certainly should should be um, anybody listening to this, but he talked about how much that, how much you lose in that time period, right? So every, every um, moment, let, let's call it a month, right? Um, or, or month, right? So every month that you're not making $100,000 a month, it costs you $100,000. Right. It, it, it cost you one hundred thousand dollars this month because you didn't know how to make one hundred thousand dollars this month. Right? So if I spend a month planning how I'm going to execute this thing, it cost me one hundred thousand dollars this month doing that plan. So I think that to answer your question, what I would have done is just ex- get out there and do something and adjust on the fly. Um, we call it the OODA loop in the Marine Corps. Right. So you you um, orientate, decide, act. And then, you know, that begins the process all over again. You take a look and orientate where you're at, you decide, and then you act. And then you do that again, you do that again. And ultimately you end up with a, um, uh, you know, 90 to 100% effectiveness. Um, only you did it a lot faster. Well, I think that's the problem is that a lot of people, and, and it's almost a societal pressure that they're afraid of failure, right? And I'm, true. you know, 
it's one of the reasons. So, uh, you know, I come from a martial arts background and uh, it was always easier to teach a seven-year-old how to do a jump spin kick than a 42-year-old. Not because the 42-year-old wasn't capable, but they knew what could happen if they didn't do it right. 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 They knew that they could get hurt. The seven-year-old, the seven-year-old has no fear. They don't know that this bad thing can happen. They just go, okay, I'm going to do what you told me to. And so they just act, you know, and then yeah. the, the action creates, you know, those amazing opportunities. And I, I could not believe more wholeheartedly in what you're saying. And that is, you know, and I, I hate to even use this because I think it underservices it, but it's like that analysis paralysis, right? And that is, you know, right. just go out there and take action and you're going to mess up, but you're also going to get some really cool wins. But but see, and that's why kids learn so fast, right? And I think that's a great analogy and a great example. That's why kids learn so fast is because they do. And then they learn from what they just did, as opposed to an adult that's got to think about it and try to figure out, okay, if I do, if I do it wrong, it's going to happen to this and that. Um, they just do, right? And I think that that's, to answer your question on how do you do it faster, um, that's that's the key is doing it. So what's the moonshot? Where are you headed? What, I mean, if you could, I mean, and I don't want to... Where do you see yourself in five years? I don't want to do that, but I mean, like, what's your what's your moonshot? Where if somebody said, "Hey, what's your game plan, Tony?" They would, and you told them right now that they'd be like, "I don't know about that. That's that's a pretty big goal." Yeah. So you know, I try to stay away from kind of the the, the really really long term stuff um, because I find that you know as as you know, who is it that said that, you know, most people underestimate um, what they can do in, in five years, but they overestimate what they can do in a year, right? So um, I, I try to stay kind of keyed into um, what's going on right now. Um, and I think that the goal right now is for us to be, as a brokerage, get to 10,000 agents. Um, we're hovering, you know, we're just over 9,000, 9,100, something like that. Um, so I'm, I'm intensely focused on getting us over that 10,000 uh, agent mark. Um, and then we'll take a look at what comes next, right? Because I think we got to take a look at the landscape. Um, my intention was to be there last year, of course, and then you get hit um, in the in the gut with this market shift like uh, like, like we did, right? So we, we were pacing for that uh, very easily. And then the market shifts. Um, and then, you know, uh, things begin to things begin to change, things begin to slow down, uh, agents get out of the business and things like that occur um, as things begin to slow down. So uh, that right now was my sole focus. So Supporting the agents that we have, aka keeping them retention, um, and then further um, creating a brokerage where they go and tell everybody they know, right? And we get to that ten thousand agent mark uh, this quarter is is my goal. Um, we'll take a look at next quarter, next quarter. You know, it's funny. I literally at ten thirty last night, and it was so fun to me how organic. I mean, there's there's a lot of intentionality and growth, but I find that the organic side of it sometimes outpaces the intentional side of it. If you're laying the right, laying the right path and doing people right, um, so I did a transaction with a with a with an agent um, year and a half ago. She was from Seattle, Washington, had relocated to the area. She listens to this podcast. Hello, Monica. And uh, anyways, and so her son was an agent, and they they've got a real estate family. And then I mean, a year goes by, and she hits me up two three weeks ago. She's like, Hey, I'm ready to onboard. You know, I've looked at several different things and my son is in Washington state. He's ready to onboard and he was going to go with these other people, but I'm like, no, I know Jason and I know that he's solid and he'll help you. And so anyways, she hits me up at 1030 last night and I got two messages, one from her, one from her son. And he had just onboarded and he's bringing his entire team. He's bringing like 12 or 13 people with him. And then uh, awesome. she hits me, she goes, hey, awesome. he got a call from the Washington, uh, the Washington EXP office, letting him know that he was the 
dead on the number 2000 agent for the Washington area for EXP. And I was like, that's cool. Does he get like a mug or like a t-shirt or, or something, <laughs> you know, but he can get $16,000 in stock when he, when he hits icon. How about that? <laughs> and this guy will, he's a hustler. He's a hustler. So that's awesome. You know, when I came and I would love to kind of go back to talk about, and you talked about um, model. And so I looked at EXP two and a half years before I got here. And then, and I, I'm not going to name names, but a brokerage wrote me a check to move my team there. And I was like, free money. woo! And I went to this brokerage for a minute. And then I left. Actually, I told them I was going to move and go to EXP the day before my three years was up because I was trying to be polite. And they disassociated me, told me I had five o'clock to be out of the office and then hit me for 10 grand on the way out the door because I had not fulfilled my three years. But anyway, so when I started looking at EXP and I didn't, I was not recruited to EXP, but I was like, I want the baddest dude in town. I want somebody that just went to EXP or that's at EXP that is like so far above. And so I called up Jimmy Franklin and Andrew Franklin and I mean, they're, they're recruiters. I mean, and they're not shy about it and they scream it from the rooftops and it's really less about Who? recruiting. Never heard of huh? them. Never, <laughs> yeah. never heard of them. And so uh, they sat me down and they're like, you know, Hey, this is what we do. And I told them, I was like, listen, I, I sat down and it's so, this is so funny because I, I do interviews now. And I was like, I'm not a recruiter. I'm not a multi-level guy. I just like the model you know, tell me how it works. And they're like this, that, and the other, and the splits and the stock and everything else. I was like, all right, cool. You know, and then fast forward three years and because like year one, Jimmy's like, Jason, you know, if you want to grow right, you should really, you know, spend a little bit of time on recruiting X, Y, Z. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, and then probably September of last year, I called him. I was like, all right, it only took me like 29 months to get to this, but let's sit down and talk because it's time for us to grow our team because we're at that pain point where we need to grow. You know, yep. and so how important or how different have you seen? And again, I'm this is gonna sound like I'm feeding you the question, but I'm just really curious. Having been at multiple brokerages and then where you're at now, the difference for me, the big difference is the collaboration. I cannot say that word loud enough. There's not a font dark enough, there's not a font size big enough when I talk about how important that's been to us growing our business since we came to EXP is collaboration. Yeah, no, it's, it's key. Um, and it's funny, I got in, someone interviewed me for something. Um, and, you know, that was one of the questions they asked. It's like, what, what separates EXP? And I think my was, was uh, collaboration, right? And, and uh, there's no other brokerage. And I know that more agents are listening to this than just EXP, but you asked that's the question. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so no, the, the, the reality is that um, there's, there's never been a brokerage I've been a part of um, where it's not competitive, right? And, and yes, we are, we all compete to, to, to win, right? But it, it's a different kind of vibe. We, we want to see each other win because we're all owners, right? And we all own a piece of EXP. This is our company. So when you're an owner, Hey, like I, I want you to win. Yes. I want to beat you. Excuse me, but I also I want I want you to win, and I'm certainly not going to cut your throat. I mean, I've been a part of companies that cut your throat uh, uh, to get to a dollar across the street, you know, um, and that's just it's it it's 
not great for the culture. It doesn't, I think, last long term um, because you burn people out and everyone's kind of on their island and, and you know, they, they don't want to see you win and there's booing. And, and I've also been a part of brokerages where the number one agent is the most hated agent at that, <laughs> that brokerage, um, you know, because they're getting recognized. I've seen that. Um, and it's 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 terrible, you know, um, but here everyone is celebrated. Right. I mean, we celebrate. We just had a top 50 list came out. Um, everybody's celebrating those those agents. And the, and there is a ambition to get there. Hey, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to get you. Um, but it's it's a it's a friendly environment. I don't know. It's just it's it's a it's kind of weird. It's like a la la land over here, like like under <laughs> land under, under the uh, uh, rainbow or something. It's 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 incredible. Well, that's awesome, man. So, um, Jack, you got a wrap-up question? I don't want to. I know how busy you are. I don't want to take too much of his time, but I know I always get yelled at once we get off the podcast. He's like, "You need to let me ask more questions." I have no, a tendency to bully conversation. No, honestly, this has been so uh, wrapped around wholesome. I don't, I don't really have anything. Extra that's good. Well, hey, Tony. I mean, left him somebody... speechless. <laughs> Well, that's rare because he's in my office 50 times a day and he's always got something to say. Um, so if somebody's interested, whether it's an EXP or if they're interested in real estate, if they're interested in investing or if they just want to, to talk to you or reach out to you, what is the best way for someone to reach out to you? Yeah, so a couple of different ways, I'd say. EXP agents, of course, hit me on Workplace Chat. That's the easiest way. Um, if you're outside of EXP, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Tony D. King at LinkedIn. Um, yeah, hit me there. Simple. Awesome. Well, hey, everybody, we really, really appreciate Tony. I mean, and again, I can't emphasize this enough. You know, managing broker for the state of Texas, got 9,900 and X number of agents right now. Uh, so, I mean, really him taking 30, 45 minutes to sit with us and love, love the story of your journey, Tony. Uh, you know, much respect. Absolutely. And uh, Luke can really, really forward to seeing what you're doing coming up soon. Uh, remind everybody, don't forget, smash the subscribe button. Make sure you share us with your friends, family. Clients, if you got them, complete strangers, we don't care. We'll take all the likes and all the subscribes. Have a wonderful day and be intentional. We'll see you soon.